0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Huddle. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Parents are the same everywhere. You want your youngsters to have the best of everything. But after all, that's only natural. So it's only natural that many of you give your youngsters United States savings bonds. Probably no gift is more rewarding than this gift for the future. Because when those savings bonds mature... Your youngster will get a return of $4 for every $3 you invest, $100 for every 75 you put in, extra money that he'll surely need for school or college later on. In the meantime, tell him what it means to have his name on a savings bond. Explain how he's Uncle Sam's partner, how his money helps to build planes, ships, and radar equipment for our defense. Your youngster will feel mighty proud to do his part as a citizen, and mighty grateful for those extra dollars when his savings bonds mature. Give your youngster, any youngster, a United States Savings Bond. It's one of the best of all gifts. A gift with a future.
2: And you know what Mort says to me then? The big smart Alec, McGee, he says, you'll never teach that parakeet how to talk, he says. Because to do that, you have to be smarter than the bird, he says.
3: Hand me the bird seed bear, dearie.
2: Thanks. But I had a very smart comeback for that guy, Molly. You know what I said? I looked the big windbag right in the eye, and I says to him, I says, listen, Toops, I says, this is Mort Toops, you know, Willie Toops' father, the kid that teased Yeah, so,
3: yes,
2: I know which Mort Toops you mean, Gary. Go ahead. So I ups to him, and I says, listen, Toops, I says, I'll teach that ten-weeks-old parakeet how to talk, and when I do, he'll be easier to understand than that ten-year-old kid of yours that you taught how to talk, I says. ha, <laughs> ha. And that's when the policeman came
3: over and asked the crowd to move along. What crowd? The one that always gathers when you and Mort stop for a friendly chat.
2: There wasn't any crowd around us. But there wasn't a dozen people altogether. <laughs> they all left, anyhow, when Mort refused to knock that stick of wood off my shoulder. Oh, well now, isn't that a little silly, getting into a fight over little birds? Well, it wasn't that. It was the principle of the thing. Ever since that loudmouth bought his little kid a set of encyclopedias, he's become an expert on everything. Huh? And don't keep the birds in the sun, he says. It's bad for him, he says.
3: Well, maybe it is. Huh?
2: Birds love the sun. Didn't you ever see them all out flying around on a nice sunny day? Well... Where are they when it rains? They're hiding up in a tree somewhere. Just let the sun come out again and the yard full of them.
3: I know, dearie, but if the encyclopedia says it's bad... That's right. Take
2: their word against mine.
3: Well, I didn't mean that, McGee. I just thought that...
2: He's all right right there in the sun, Molly. Look at him. He's as happy as a fox in a hen house. Well? Okay, if it'll make you feel better, I'll move his cage in the shade. I'll put him over here on the table. There. He does seem to like that better, McGee. Listen to him, Sheriff. He's probably trying to tell us to put him back in the sun again. I haven't taught the poor little guy how to talk yet. He can't tell us what he wants. He has to just sit there in the shade and suffer.
3: Well, I don't know. Let's try him back in the sunshine again and see what happens.
2: Okay. Boy, this cage is kind of heavy. There. Hey, how's that, Buster? Better, huh?
3: He stopped chirping.
2: Sure. He's comfortable again. (laughs) Sunlight's good for him. Everything is better off in the sunshine, Molly. Everything? Certainly. How about an ice cream cone? Oh, thanks. I had one downtown. Oh, you mean the ball. Come in. Well, hello, Dr. Gamble. Morning, my dear. Hello, sonny boy. Hi, Lancelot.
4: Park the frame and set a spell. No, thanks. I just stopped by to take a look at the parakeet, kids. I'm thinking of getting one myself. Oh,
3: good for you.
2: I might have known as soon as I'd do something, you'd have to do the same thing, you old copycat.
4: You didn't invent parakeets, McGee. These birds have been used as pets for 300 years. Really,
3: doctor?
4: That long. They don't live that long, I've been reading up on birds lately. got some very interesting bird books from Wally Wimple. Did you know, for instance, that to teach a parakeet to talk, you have to be smarter than the bird, which really makes it tough for me. Okay,
2: team. okay, so you've been
4: talking to more toops. <laughs> he gave me a message for you. Oh, he did, huh? Yeah. He says he still has that stick on his shoulder Anytime you want to come over and knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> Say, incidentally, Molly, if I were you, I'd take that bird out of the sun. Did more toops tell you that, too? Powder pigeon? No, this is something I read in one of Wimple's books. Oh? It says birds in their natural habitat like shade.
3: Now, you see, McGee, I was right. Move him back in the shade before he gets sunburned.
4: Okay. If
2: the book says so, I guess...
4: There. Back on the table again. In fact, this whole chapter I read last night was very interesting, Molly.
2: All about parakeets,
3: was it?
4: No, this particular chapter was on the American bald eagle. Bald eagle. Yeah, well, it stands to reason, of course, that if a big bird like the eagle doesn't like too much sunshine, a delicate little parakeet. Would...
2: McGee, what are you doing with the birdcage? I'm moving it back in the sun again. But
3: the doctor just said that even a bald eagle can't stand. Look, kiddo.
4: If a guy
2: has a bald head, he stays out of the sun. But if he's got a hat, how can it hurt him? This bird has enough feathers on the top of his noggin to protect him from the rays of the sun. <laughs> he's no bald-headed eagle. And furthermore, what does that guy know about him? <laughs>
1: Back to Ispa Vista in a minute. We Americans have always been known as a generous people. Perhaps it's because we realize our good fortune in being in a position to give that we're so ready to share with those less fortunate in all parts of the world. Right now, in eighteen hundred separate community campaigns, the community chest is asking for two hundred and eighty million dollars, which is the amount needed to expand and carry out its current program. The United Community Campaign is a a once-a-year appeal which serves all year round. When you give to your local community chest, you have the satisfaction of knowing that you're donating to worthy causes of all kinds, both in this country and abroad. You're helping to care for underprivileged children as well as for the lonely aged. You're showing your concern for our servicemen as well as for the Korean homeless. By eliminating many separate appeals, which would be more costly in money, time, and effort, your gift to the community chest is able to do more for the many. Bear that in mind when you make your contribution to the United Community Campaign.
2: McGee, I'm worried about that parakeet. I keep telling you, Molly, he loves the sunshine. He's fine.
3: He's just been sitting there with his head under his wing for the last hour. He's
2: probably sleeping. Now, don't go waking him up. A little bird that size needs his rest. I
3: can't hear him breathing, McGee. I'd feel better if he woke up. Well, then wake him up. Well, if he's really asleep, though, I wouldn't want to disturb him. Then leave him alone. Well, what if something is wrong with him? Then wake him up! McGee, don't shout! Now, look what you did. You woke up the poor little What? My gosh, Molly, you blame me for... Quiet. You'll upset him. Mm. You know how you are when you first wake up. Mm. Hello, baby. Did you have a nice little nap? Now,
2: I told you he was all
3: right. Well, maybe, but I'd still feel better if the poor little fellow was out of that murderous sunlight. Look at him blink his little eyes. He's almost blinded by
2: that Okay, come on, Buster. Back in the shade. If I'd have known it was going to be like this, I'd have put wheels on this dead ratted cage. If I was this poor bird, I'd...
0: Wasn't that our back door?
2: Grocery boy! Oh, it's the old-timer. Hello there, kids.
3: Hi, daughter.
0: Hi, old-timer. Need anything from the grocery store today? I was in the neighborhood... Oh, tonight. Uh,
3: just a minute, Mr. Oldtimer. I'll go get my grocery list. Oh, don't hurry,
0: daughter. I get paid by the day. Hey, still got that little green buzzard there, huh, Johnny? Yep, parakeet. You laid any eggs yet?
2: No, he don't lay eggs.
0: What you do, son? Can he sing?
2: No, he don't exactly sing. Can he talk? Well, not yet. I'm... Can he smoke a cigar? I knew a parrot once... No, because... no, no. This bird don't smoke. Can he skip rope? Turn Somersault? No, no, he just sits there on... He's a good flyer, though, huh? Bet he flies real good. He can't fly at all. His wings are clipped.
0: Hmm. Must make a very interesting pet, Johnny. Can't do nothing.
2: (laughs) Well, he's just a baby. He's only a couple months old.
0: I'll tell you one thing. He ain't gonna grow no bigger sitting in the shade like that. All grown things need sun, son.
2: Well, that's the way I figured, old-timer, but Molly thinks he's too delicate.
0: Sure, he's delicate. And that shade is too hard on his eyes, Johnny.
2: His eyes?
0: Your screen His poor little eyes trying to read the paper in the bottom of his cage there. You don't want him to wear glasses when he grows up, do you? He's got no ears to hook him on.
2: Yeah, that's... Anyways,
0: all living things love sunshine, Johnny. That's right.
2: I don't know why I listen to all these people. I'm moving this cage back in the sunshine right now. There he is in the sun, and that's where he's staying. You see, he likes it. You see, putting his head under his wing, going back to sleep again. Well,
3: here's the grocery list, Mr. Oldtimer.
0: Well, I'll get right to the store with it, daughter. See you later,
3: Johnny. so on, Oldtimer. <clears throat> McGee, what's the bird doing back in the sun again? I thought you just moved him back in the shade.
2: I did, but the Oldtimer says the sun's good for birds. Makes them grow. Besides, if he strains his eyes and has to wear glasses... Oh, McGee, I wish we'd get this thing settled once, and for all, that
3: poor little bird must feel like he's living on a merry-go-round. Oh, well,
2: gee whiz, I've tried...
3: Come in. Oh, hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. Well, I'm certainly glad to see you, Mr. Wimple. You are? We have a problem. Now, McGee, here's an expert on the
2: subject. Mm-hmm. Is Mr. Wimple's word good enough for you? You betcha. If Wallace says the shade is all right, it's all right with me.
0: Oh, I don't know anything about shades, Mrs. McGee. Every time I try to pull a shade down, it snaps out of my hand and goes,
2: claddy, claddy, claddy,
0: claddy, 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 claddy.
3: Oh, we weren't talking about window shades, Mr. Wimple.
0: Well, the same thing goes for Venetian blinds with me. Every time I fool with them, they get stuck in the middle and I wind up with half sun and half shade.
2: We weren't talking about Venetian blinds either. We were to... Hey, that's it. That does it. What?
0: Did I do something?
2: I'm going to set this cage right in the middle of the window. But now, McGee, you agreed that... Come on, kiddo. Untie that tied back curtain on the side there so it drops down and covers one side of the window. Come on.
3: Well, I don't see what you're... Oh, Go ahead, yeah, do that.
2: That's it. Right
3: down in front of the cage.
2: There, we got it.
3: Well, why didn't
2: I think of that? Half the cage is sunny and half of it's shady. Yeah. See? That way the bird can make up his own mind. Wimp came up with the idea just like that. Half sun and half shade. I did? We've been fussing about this all day, Mr. Wimple, and you
3: come along and settle it in three seconds. That's wonderful.
2: Yeah. Well, if there's any other
0: problem I can settle for you, I think up the answers just like that. I'm considered...
1: Bibber and Molly will be right back. Well, here we are, all ready to start off on another weekend again. But every time we get to the end of one of them, you can be sure of wonderful entertainment all day Sunday on the NBC radio network. There's NBC's revolutionary new Sunday newspaper of the air called Weekend. There's great dramatic entertainment on Theater Royal and the NBC Star Playhouse. Adventure with James Stewart as the six-shooter. Music on the Golden Voices. Your favorite motion picture stars on two fine shows, The Hollywood Story, and Ask Hollywood. A new concept of history is brought to your radio speaker on Stroke of Fate, while Bob Considine brings you news and views on the present-day world. These and many more wonderful programs bring the nation's best entertainment into your homes every Sunday when you set your dial to this, your NBC station. Always remember to tune where you hear the familiar three NBC chimes. They're your invitation to the best radio entertainment. (laughs)
3: of another week, dearie. Yeah,
2: have a nice weekend, everybody.
3: And if you go anywhere, please drive carefully and courteously. A little more courtesy can mean a lot fewer accidents.
2: And we'll see you Monday.
3: Good night. Good night, all.
1: NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Phil Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimple and Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again next Monday night for another visit with Fibber McGee, and Molly. Laugh with Can You Top This? Next on the NBC Radio Network.